You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight we're continuing our Halloween month of horror with Pod Macabre, our look at the original horror films and the imitators they spawned. You, no trouble. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Sir, yes, sir. Ah, yes. I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit. Oh, your money. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. God is dead. This city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yeah, Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian Elkins. With me tonight, Mr. Jeremy Benson. Howdy. And uh, with us uh, from Don't Be Afraid of the Dark podcast, Mr. Jared Callen. It's a horror to be here. I mean, it's an honor to be here, everybody. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we're getting in the Halloween spirit here. We're talking horror movies. We're, we're going to go through and uh, talk about some of the, the iconic ones, as well as uh, some of the imitations they have spawned throughout the years. Are they imitations, or are they like? Are you talking about the reboots? <clears throat> uh, well, you know, <laughs> it's I, a reboot and an well, imitation. It, the horror genre is always interesting because I mean, all the genre, all the genres do it. Like right now, right. we're going through. If it's got a cape and it flies, it's a movie. <laughs> but the horror genre is, you know, a little bit more because you know, indie 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 filmmakers will make movies, mm-hmm. and you know, any kind of low budget, that's where you're gonna go. So so often you'll see like you know like with Night of the Living Dead. I mean that movie came out of nowhere, but then how many zombie movies since then have oh, been made by thousands. by the studios like oh well we can do that. Yeah. But they never quite do it quite like the original. There's that uh Stephen King's called it in his his book Dance Macabre, Dance Macabre, Dance Macabre, whatever the fuck the book's called. Um <laughs> Dance Macabre. Dance Macabre. It's he called it. It's the horror cycle of genius, genius copied, and then genius perfected. Where, like, a movie will come out that's like Night of the Living Dead, and right. you'll get tons of copies of it that are never as good. Right. But then you'll get a version of it that is different, and it's like, oh, that's great. So instead of just copying it, someone has enhanced it. Yeah, and he right. used. I think he used. Um, for Night of the Living Dead, like 28 days later, a few yeah. decades later, like, totally. oh, this is a completely new look, but if this hadn't happened, right. then this wouldn't be here. Exactly. You know, right. in the 50s, we had giant ants and Dracula and, right. and, and vampires, werewolves. 
creatures from space, and then suddenly the devil had a baby. Right. Now we have a new bad guy. Satan is now a legitimate bad guy for film, which later gives you The Exorcist. Right. And along the way, you get plenty of B-movies with Cult of Satan. <laughs> I don't think that those films could come out now like that. It's heavily religious-based to, to, to grip the nation. I think uh, religion has slipped out of that aspect for a lot of people. Or is that just me? Well, no, wait. And that, that's just what Conjuring movies are, right? I mean, that, that has a huge yeah. like, religious aspect to it, you know, I where think they what, come in and they like exercise. I think what he's saying, though, is like when The Exorcist came out, the country was much more, they hadn't been exposed to it for, as, you know, as graphically as for one, but at, at two, there was much more people were church, you know, Sunday was a, that's what you did. You went to church. You had people like fainting in the theaters. It hit because people at a different level. It, it hit them on their belief structure. Yeah. Where now, you know, not as many people are strongly devoted to their faith and are not, you know, they don't watch The Conjuring and go, oh, that could happen to me. I'm scared now. They're like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I do think that plays into why those movies are popular right now, though. But now I will say I miss I miss religion in horror movies. Like, I miss seeing a vampire be backed off by a cross instead of, you know. Like, there's, an, there's, there's another that, force there. Having that external force between good and evil it's kind of, it kind of puts something on the side of your characters that they have something some, somebody rooting for them like they, they they can actually harness this this power or whatever like you know it's there's they're just they're not alone yeah know? it's like me i'm rereading salem's lot i do it every halloween it's a tradition and there's a part toward the end of the book where um the good guy ben mears is fixing to go kill the you know the main vampire this power kind of comes through him and he he recognizes it as this is older than Christianity. This is older than mankind. This is the essence of good versus evil. And I, I miss that, like in in basic horror stories, where right. you've got that basic good versus basic evil. Whether it's a supernatural story or, um, you know, a slasher. Like Halloween does it really good, where you've got Michael Myers is representative of just straight up basic evil. Right. Where babysitters high school girls are the most <laughs> vulnerable good you can you can think of you know yeah but that, that, that that's different though from like your like what, what you're talking about with like your face-based religion that that movie like preyed upon like a different fear where it was like uh, yeah, invading it's still, it's suburbia. still drawing that that straight line between this is evil and this is good yeah yeah it, it had a little bit of a supernatural, but it, it, you. I mean, the I'm, religion I'm taking, even take was, the take the supernatural or religion out of it. Like you've got, we're not we're not going to pay any sympathy for the bad guy. He is bad, and these girls are good. Now he's coming after them. That's straight up bad guy versus good guy, evil versus good. Yeah, that's like every horror movie. <laughs> well, well, nowadays you get into a lot of. Well, did Freddy kill? Did Freddy molest him? Right. Should we have sympathy for the bad guy? Do we need to know more about his character? Is he to blame? Because you know Michael Myers' parents, they were kind of trashy. Is he to blame that he's crazy? I, see, okay, I would argue that that's why that those movies suck is because they raise those questions. But and you then see they, how it, it they it, don't answer it them. Filters, they default back on that. It same starts thing. filtering through into a lot of other movies, and I think that is one thing that. A lot of like just basic horror movies are missing. Is let's 
let's see some good versus evil here. I still they're, they're think those are. On that. I still think those are good versus evil. Though, at the end of the day, they just throw in like these stupid middle acts, man. And they're they're trying to expand upon the canon of the story. That's how they think that they are enhancing it by uh, add, I, I adding totally more depth to the character. And I mean, it's like I'm the probably, reason they like have to exist is. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, personally, like Rob <laughs> Zombie's first Halloween movie, I didn't hate it. Strongly disliked it. Wasn't super crazy about it. It just gave you a lot more backstory on the kid and everything. But now, that remake from Nightmare on Elm Street... Right. Fuck, I hated that movie. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I remember sitting in the theater going, if they make this to where Freddy wasn't a killer and right. he was framed for nothing, I'm leaving. Well, they, they, they have to they have to let you, like, you know, give you that, oh, you, where you feel for him a little bit, where you, you know, oh, maybe hey, he, isn't, he isn't just a, uh, such a bad guy. So when he does turn... You feel it more. You're like, oh shit, you know. So you actually feel how bad this guy is. Didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that one's weird too because they do it in the middle of the movie. That's a weird movie. It's a very anyway. Yeah, it's it's bizarre because it starts off just like a regular nightmare in Elm Street. Yeah, like you would normally expect, and then kind of like the end of the second act is when they bring that question and, up. But what's kind of weird about it though? Not one of the things that's kind of weird about it. I mean, it's a reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. You, there's a there's a map right there you can follow. That, <laughs> this is, okay, this is how a successful one of these should work. But instead of like those moments where you know in the original where you get to know these kids and now you're you're understanding there's this problem. Like you're thrown right into some nightmare shit, and they're like, oh yeah, it's Freddy Krueger. Like, well, what? <laughs> yeah. Although th- that movie did have one. Great scene. The micro the micro naps in like the Walgreens was yeah. fucking amazing. That was cool. I agree with that. I thought Jackie or Jackie Earl Haley did a good job. Yeah, yeah he he was good too. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't was, completely dog shit. I just hated it. it just, <laughs> yeah. Just. So I heard they um ungreenlit Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, did they ever greenlight it? I just heard it was like rumored. That they were going to... I don't know. I, I can't hardly follow it anymore. But yeah, they've been... The article I read on, I don't even remember what page it was on, that that it was greenlit. Now they've, they're waiting because they want to see what Halloween does. Oh, and we are getting a new Halloween. John Carpenter's confirmed to yep. do the score. That's nice. Yes, that's amazing. Okay, no, you want to talk about like like repeating uh, trends in the, like, uh, the slasher films. Psycho kind of kicked it off, started it. Halloween... Man, I think that like set the formula in stone, but Friday the 13th as well, which has a, a huge place in history. Right. And then you have Nightmare on Elm Street, which came down and, and reinvented the, the genre. Yeah, and then you get all the great ones like pieces that were just sort of imitation. Is that a great one? <laughs> Dude, how can you beat the moment when the woman stands there so dramatically and goes, Bastard! 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 One shot doesn't move, and the two people standing next to her looking at her like, "What the fuck? This bitch is crazy." <laughs> While we were out here fumbling with that music, the lousy bastard was in there killing her. Bastard! 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 Oh, I always liked the uh, one of my favorite like stupid scenes in horror movies was always um. Uh, I think it was the second uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, where the guy's just running around with a gun and he shoots the garbage man. 
right before he shoots him, he just goes, garbage day? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just really bizarre. And then he shoots him, and it's, uh, yeah. Garbage day? Huh? No! <laughs> so do y'all remember any, like, a particular movie that got you down a genre of horror? Like, where, oh, fuck, I am... I'm watching slasher movies for a month now. Halloween was the one that got me into slasher movies obsessively. So you you saw that one first? uh, No, that's not the first one I saw, but this is the one I really really fell in love with. Friday the 13th Love kind of grew, but Halloween was the one that led down to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, you know, you start going down all these crazy, insane things like April Fool's Day and really bad slashers. Some of them are really good, like... um, I, I mean, I always love the Halloween, uh, not the Halloween themes, but the holiday themed ones. You know, like <laughs> April my Bl- Fool's Day. Yeah, My Bloody Valentine is a good one. I like that one. Saturday had, Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, Happy Birthday to Me. That's a that's a crazy ass twisty one. I don't know, man. Yeah, Groundhog really Day. <laughs> that's wait, a horror film. Wait a minute. <laughs> didn't they do an Uncle Sam like Fourth of July? Didn't they? Ha- didn't they do one of those? I don't know, but there's Black Christmas. A Black Christmas is yeah. really good. Now, see that—that's even before Halloween. That was like uh, one of those real early. Well, Chainsaw was before slashers. Halloween, wasn't it? Yeah, Chainsaw was before Halloween. I don't know, but there was something about the way they put together Halloween that Chainsaw's I think, weird. I think I think the difference is that in Chainsaw, and this is just pontificating, I guess. In Chainsaw, they're going somewhere. They go to where something is, and they get attacked by it. The right. killer is there, but if you stay away from there, you're okay. In Halloween, the killer comes to their home. It's like staring at you, waiting for you. For even Psycho, you you can go to the Bates Motel, and you might not make it. Right. But in Halloween, you can be sitting at home watching Invaders from Space or whatever. <laughs> Fucking Captain Kirk is looking <laughs> in your window. Chainsaw <laughs> is also special because of the comedy, though. You know what I mean? Like it gets a little goofy, it gets a little crazy, it gets a little crazy. Yeah, especially at the end when Grandpa starts coming out with the the hammers. There's no way anybody's taking this shit seriously. I just you remember know? the first time I saw that, I was just so like, because it's coming so off of that. Oh man, it's crazy. That eye, like back those cuts of the eye, and she's just screaming and screaming, and I think my nerves were just so shot. By the time Grandpa, I was like, "Is dude dead? Oh, the guy no, in the wheelchair. Dude's dead. Oh, not man. dead." What the fuck is going on? But man, it's got some. It's got one of the, my favorite jump scares of all time, though. Man, when Leatherface first pops out from behind the door. Oh yeah, grabs but I think, her. But I seriously you think know, it, the, oh, one of the reasons so Halloween good. made such like a more of a mark on society was it brought the terror to your house. Like you're not safe at home now. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Where then you know Nightmare on Elm Street takes it one step further. You're not safe asleep. Which is great, because everyone has to sleep. So that's what's badass. My early ones were uh, Evil Dead and Last House on the Left. Man, dude, like, man that's a tough the, one. <laughs> what? Last, Last House on the oh, Left. Oh, man, there's there's some really fucked up crazy shit in that one. Yeah, that's not one of my favorites, dude. That's a, that's a really hard movie to watch. Like, I don't w- look. Or like, uh, you know, what was, that, what was there? Don't don't look, don't look, or whatever. That was their uh, their trailer for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, only yeah. a movie. It's only a movie. It's only a movie. movie. Yeah. Only a movie. That's what made me want to watch it. I was like, what is this? I had Keep to like, repeating to yourself. Yeah, it's only a movie. <laughs> Here's the first motion picture to offer to the daring a look into the final maddening space between life 
and death. The last house on the left. To avoid fainting, keep repeating. It's only a movie. Only a movie. Only a movie. Like, I have weird memories about that one. Like, I, I, I remember the first time seeing it thinking, like, oh, that's fucking disturbing. That, that's the one where the girl, the girl bites the dude's dick off, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. that image is burned in my head from, my, like, a, probably a 12-year-old kid just seeing that. Like, what the fuck? And there's that, like, brutal rape scene. Oh, man, And then, yeah. like, I probably didn't, didn't oh. watch it from, I probably watched it when I was, like, 15. Yeah. I don't I mean, I don't remember exactly, but it was a long period in between. And then the next time I watched it, I was absolutely dumbfounded at the idiotic score that's in that movie. I don't remember the score. Is it really bad? Um, it's very TV kind of uh, yeah, like special face. of the week. The actor you know? wrote it. Yeah. And it's just like, and it's like, what the fuck? I don't remember this. I don't know, man. That almost makes it more disturbing, though. It's a very odd, you know, maybe disturbing. I don't know what the word is, but you feel like you need to take a shower after that one. Right. Like you wear the film. It just makes you feel dirty. Well, it, you just finish it, it watching you like, like uh like taboo side. It's it it takes it beyond murder and you know slasher. It's it's just like on that like, you know, next level horror. Like make you uncomfortable. Well, you just feel like you shouldn't have watched it. Right. Cuz kind of feels I mean, like you're especially watching a like that film. rape scene is so brutal. Right. And you're just like, man, I don't, I shouldn't be watching this. And then the ending is just so like out there. Like these parents are just I, I mean, I remember rolling over in my head a hundred times, like, okay, so she sucked his dick <laughs> just to bite, to just to bite it off, yeah. And, and her husband just, like, is she's okay jerking with her head this. back and forth like a shark. That, that, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just a weird thing. I'm just never able to get over that. The comics, the, the end of the film is so over the top, and the beginning of the film is. Did y'all see the remake? Not that way. I didn't. Did that had the the dick scene in that one too? Man, I can't remember. I can't remember. It, I remember at the end they had one guy's head in the microwave. That's how the. I remember really liking it until the end of the movie. Really, like it's beautifully shot. Yeah. Like some great cinematography. Yeah, I guess. so it's worth watching in that aspect. Yeah, I just remember like good, leaving though. the theater, telling the people I was with, like I was totally into that movie until he put his head in the microwave. How does a microwave work with a, with the well, door like, open? Hey, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that just completely like I'm there. I mean, there's some differences, like in the original, well, you know, didn't exist then. they kill the daughter, right? Right. And the mom finds out that the daughter's dead because the guy's wearing her necklace. Well, in the remake, she's still alive, and she comes home. Like, she knocks on the window. She's all beat up and bloody and been right. shot, and her parents find her outside. Then they decide to kill the killers. So it wasn't as brutal, is what you're saying? No, it's not as brutal. It, 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 it wasn't on that shock level. Man, dude, the West Craven... still it still touches on your your nerves, but it doesn't do it in that like. I mean, because fuck, the original looks like it literally could be a snuff film. Yeah, 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 and it, it is gritty and low low budget and all that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, the the low budget aspect to it actually plays into feeling like. Well, it makes it more feel more realistic. I mean, I still think today, like a lot of times, horror films look too clean. It helps to have your horror, your if you're going to make a horror film, make it look a little dirty. That's what, actually, that's why yeah. I liked Insidious. Have you guys seen that? I, I liked how it was kind of like, it felt a little low budgy and like simply simply shot and lit. I agree with that. Well, you n- notice that like they've kind of gotten away from like the 16, 16 millimeter like grunge and now it's more digital yeah. grunge, especially right. when yeah. you get into like film footage and things like that. So it's like, I don't know, modern day, like the noise and... I don't, I don't like them as much as the 16 millimeter look. 
you know, like like how Chainsaw or Last House on the Left. Right. Look. Yeah. I just I don't know. I like that better. Or but even of course, Saw. You know, we grew up with yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saul's got That's a dirty true. look. That is true, especially like when they're doing the flashbacks. And they the fluorescent do, like, lighting and... You know, some Wes Craven movies, I mean, I like Last House on the Left is, it's okay, I'm not really a big fan of it, but The Hills Have Eyes. Oh, man, yeah. I think that's where he really got his, like, narrative groove on. Yeah, dude, I, I really enjoy that. And I like the remake, too, that Alexander Aja did. I have, I have a story. So I, I was uh, I was in film school in the time that the remake came out, and I had a buddy of mine, and we would go see movies. And uh, I'm the kind of guy that when people are having a gun battle in a movie, I'm counting the shots, just kind of see... <laughs> You know? No, no, you're not that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally that guy. So he's not paying attention to the movie at all. <laughs> no, I am. I am. But I'm Bullets also are going off. You hear Jerry going? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But there, there, there's a scene at the end at the end of that where like dude pulls a gun up, and I turn to my friend and I go, "The gun's empty." <laughs> and like he, he pulls up and goes, "Click." And I swear to God, my friend got up, looked at me in the face, and was like, "Fuck you," and got up and like walked out of the theater. I, it pissed him off so bad that he actually got up and left and didn't see the end of the movie. And he was outside wow. waiting, dude. So yeah, so I'm learning to keep my fucking mouth shut. <laughs> oh my goodness! He's, he, I can see him just stomping down the stairs over there, fucking counting the shots, fucking asshole. But anyways, yeah, that was a cool, that was a cool remake. Oh, that was a cool remake. It had a nice kind of like a spaghetti western, well, violent spaghetti western. Did uh, you see the uh, the sequel to the remake? No. Uh, yeah, the Hills High Buys. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't very good. That was not very good at all. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. What did you think, Benson? Mm. <laughs> think that says it all. Moving on. It made, it, it made it even worse as I saw it on the same day that I saw The Descent. Oh, man, I bet you that made it look terrible. The Descent. Now, that is a, that's a great, great a cool horror movie. film. They butchered that, though. Really? Um, when they released that in theaters, the movie stops, like, when she gets back to the car and she has um, a vision of Juno. The chick that's sleeping with her husband in the film, her dead husband, and she looks over, she sees her, and she screams, and that's where the the movie ended. If you saw it in the theaters, really, yeah, it's just really? right there, and the movie makes no fucking sense if you stop <laughs> it there. It's like, what does that mean? Are there now ghosts too? Because like they were just credits. monsters. <laughs> what what the fuck is going on? But they kept all the birthday flashbacks. So it made no sense. I had to go on. I had to get online, get on YouTube, and watch the original UK ending. I guess I saw that first. One of those, like, why did you recut this movie? Because it, it ends with her still in the hole, and like, yeah, in the UK the, one, the birthday cake vision, and yeah, I remember because I was confused because when I watched the sequel, she's still alive, and I was like, wait a minute, she didn't get out of that. <laughs> Well, I think it was, no, I think the the descent part too. I think they went with the um, the UK ending. So how'd she get out? Didn't she get out in the beginning of that? I don't remember. I just remember her being in the sequel. <laughs> I think it starts with like some one of the town the townies feeding them in the whale and in the like some pit that leads down to their cavern below, and that's what she comes out of. And I think that's the beginning of the film. Really? Yeah, I think so. It's been a while. I haven't seen it since it came out. And it wasn't as good as the first one. It's not as good as the first one. It's not bad, though. I remember really enjoying it. I can't remember that much of it, obviously. <laughs> the first one's great. Big fan of that. Uh, what is that director's name? Neil? Neil Marshall. Neil Marshall. There we go. Like Still waiting on Last last Voyage of the Dementor. That's his uh, Dracula, right? Yeah. 
Where they're doing the uh, what is it? The ship from Transylvania to, to uh, London. Oh, that's badass. The one that <clears throat> leaves full of people and shows up in London empty. So I guess that's the Dementor. The Dementor, yeah. Because that because the Dementors in Harry Potter are the big like <laughs> cloak things that feed off of your happy memories. That's right. Suck all the happy out. Mm. Anyways, so yeah. <laughs> Dracula was written first. <laughs> There you go. Well, speaking of Dracula, it's what, what about some vampire movies? Man. Uh, okay, uh, Once Bitten. Okay, My Best Friend's a Vampire. Uh, these are good vampire movies, right? Wow, hitting um, up all the 80s comedies. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a genre that goes back. We, you know, we, It starts with, like, what, Nosferatu? Yes. Dude, yeah. We get, we get you know, Bela Lugosi as Dracula. Yeah. Not, I'm not a big fan of that anymore, dude. I... I loved I did, it when I was a kid. The the uh, the the over the pageantry of that of that vampire style is kind of like a can't, it's like I don't know. It's just like the a style. It's just that's a style of vampire. I always thought the Hammer vampire movies were were more interesting than the Bella Lugosi one. Yeah, the, the theatric, you know, of of his vampire, you know. Yeah, with the widow's peak and like the the the, the, the medallion and, yes. and all that, you know, the whole thing with the with the black the cape and and the leaning up into the frame and having that like that specific look. The, when you go when you go to the uh, Halloween store to get a vampire costume, it's that one, right? Yeah, I mean that's the iconic, right? Count Chocula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean Belly Ghosty definitely, you know, I mean, I mean he hey, set the standard. Yeah. It's de- definitely a popular look, but I'm with, I'm with you. I think Christopher Lee is my favorite Dracula. He always will be. My favorite Dracula movie is Bram Stoker's. Because of Keanu Reeves. Uh, <laughs> because of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Damn right. Oh, oh man. Now, there's some me, fucking crazy fucking scenes in that movie, dude. Man, the thing, that was all practical. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I guess I guess it was. 92. Uh, yeah, wow. Really, it was that. I I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah, yeah. We we watched the um, making of it the other day, and just some of the oh, ways really? they they shot, like to get that. You know, it's fucking insane. You guys have a Blu-ray of that? Yeah, yeah. And, they and, they recently came out with a 4K copy. We um, should totally watch it when we're done with it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm waiting to pick up the 4K, and I was thinking maybe we sit down and watch that new awesome. episode. On well, that. I'm talking to just show him, like, because he he like he fired the. What's the guy called? Like the the effects the guy. effects guy, yeah. right? And hired like I guess his son because his son was into yeah, like m- magi- like doing magic tricks, and he's right. like, okay, let's figure out ways to do this. So that's why it looks so fucking weird. Is it's all like, okay, well, let's do this. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. It's all this in camera trickery that and the costume design's amazing. God damn, dude, some fucking gorgeous costumes. Yeah, I can't read that book anymore without seeing that movie. So that's yeah, you tie it to that. I mean, yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula is pro- is probably the, the better film, but I and, don't know. Gary see- Oldman on top of his game, like holy shit. Yeah, that's that's very true. So, I mean, is there a vampire movie that actually like gave you all the willy jibbies? It scared you a little bit. Uh, probably the first one was Near Dark. Was the first one I saw that like really kind of scared me. That bar scene when they go in there and they uh, kill <laughs> kill everybody in the bar. And Bill Paxton's got the, um, oh, what are those? The Spurs, and he starts like slicing sp- people's necks and drinking the blood. And I remember seeing the TV version of Salem's Lot as a kid, and the little yeah. kid floating outside the window was. A yeah, cre- I didn't see that until I was older, though. That was a creepy image. I always thought the vampires in Fright Night were scary when their mouths got really big. Yeah, 
You know, I always thought that was I always I don't know. I always thought they think that's kind of disturbing when they do that in vampires. The My vampires kids from don't. from Dessel Dawn have that creepy prosthetic face. Yeah, they do. That, that that's not a bad movie, dude. I I rewatched that uh, not too long ago. I actually really like From Dust Till Dawn. My kids thought Thirty Days of Night. They he thought they thought that va- those vampires were scary with those sounds. Yes, <laughs> that's an underappreciated film. There are parts of that movie that are great. Okay, you're talking about like a good looking movie, dude. Thirty Days of Night. That's a good looking movie. Yeah. It gets it loses you a little bit because you run into that problem of thirty days of night, so it's dark. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, okay, how long have they been hiding in this cellar or what, this this attic? Oh, 14 days. Okay, <laughs> we still got 50, sixty more days. Yeah, well, once the city is kind of like overrun by vampires, it's like, okay, we killed everybody in the town. What do we do now? <laughs> but man, you got to give it to them. Those the those first few scenes when the vampires arrive are like. Man, those are some creepy fucking vampires. Oh yeah, no, I, I think that's yeah, that's a great, that's a that's a good little siege like town under siege film. Yeah, Lost Boys, uh, where they they oh, actually yes. took the the fangs and moved them over one, where they're like just on the other side of the buck team. Oh yeah, that's true. I totally <laughs> yeah. forgot. Yeah, yeah that's so they, right. They moved, yeah, they moved the fangs over, so you have you have your normal canines, and then the one in, so it kind of gives this layered tooth thing, right? And then they also changed their face and gave them the freaky eyes when they would turn away and come back with their. The, the brow and all that. It's a freaky fucking vampires, especially for when I was a kid. And, 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 and even... It's so cool, though. Oh, it's super they were ne- cool. They were never scary, because it's like, man, Kiefer Sullivan is such a badass. <laughs> it turned me into one of them, dude. Look, that guy's awesome. Look, he's fucking flying around and shit. <laughs> Look, he's got that hot chick over there. This is awesome. I want to be a vampire. I want to be a fucking vampire. That's right. <laughs> Look at their and little shoot, cool underground layer. Some. What? We have to be missing some here. Well, like, and also, uh, you know, uh, interview oh, the vampire. So I remember being a kid, and, and the shit when they go into and they get into uh, uh, Armand, where they um, Antonia Banderas' yes. vampire. I remember that those scenes being a little super creepy. Oh yeah, with the uh, when they start doing the play. Um, yeah, was yeah. it Stephen Fry? Is he the one with the uh, the big sickle? Is that Stephen Fry? Or is it Stephen Fry? Stephen Rye. It's 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 the it's the guy from the trip. It's the guy from the uh, the crying game. The crying game. Okay. Anyways, yeah. So that that little world, and then and then Louis goes in is. and like burns it all up and cuts people in half with the big sickle and all that. Anyways, yeah. There's the great scenes in that movie. Yeah, and when man Kristen Dunst gets gets the sun brought out upon her. Oh man, uh, it's a pretty solid movie. Yeah, it's really that's, cool. Yeah, that. Hey, you've read all the books. Yeah, right? yeah. I see. I was, I was a big I was a big vampire uh, about Anne Rice reader as a kid. So you're a big fan of Queen of the Dam then? <laughs> that movie was terrible. <laughs> so basically, they took the they took the uh, the books uh, uh, Queen of the Dam and Lestat, uh, the Vampire Lestat, and like squished them together and completely like fucked up the bloodlines, like who created who and how all this works. It's just terrible. Yeah, Piece my wife. My wife was bitching up a storm. We walked out of that. I just I remember her just complaining like I can't believe they took both of these books. Hey, but that was, I think that's the first movie where they actually did a completely CG character uh, to uh, replace someone who died uh, during the making of it. So the ending where Aaliyah. Oh, really? Uh, she turns into this giant, like, creature, vampire thing. And that's how they do the final battle scene because she was dead. She I died in a plane crash. That. What about John Carpenter's yeah. Vampires? I like that movie. I, I remember liking that. 
Yeah, yeah, it's got a special place in my heart and for I, sure. I have a vivid, vivid memory of, of James uh, Woods of, of, of the one of the vampires like uh, uh, basically uh, sucking blood out of this woman's inner thigh, and me thinking, yeah, that's right, there's a big vein down there. You could totally drain someone. That's where I would go. Yeah, that's I mean, right, like dude. you totally go down, like you know, he goes down, like he's gonna go down on her, then he just like goes right into that vein, uh, that that artery right there on the, in the inner thigh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah i don't know man I, I like james woods in that uh he's really good um the rest of the cast though is just kind of not as good you know the guy that's, the guy that plays uh valak the head vampire i like him was it right what was the plot of that when they were trying to like become daywalkers yes yeah okay yeah they yeah. were trying to get like uh some cross yeah the, the black cross or whatever and you could become like a, a daywalker because of that yeah <laughs> if your dracula is uh is a daywalker you were all fucked he's like man I can go enjoy beaches finally. Fuck you, Florida. <laughs> Here I come. Yeah, I guess if you I mean if you're a vampire and you suddenly can go out during the day, then like fuck you. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Immortality. Right. No restrictions. Just, Can't really go to church, but hey, who's going there anyways these days? I don't know. You're gonna run, eventually you're gonna run out of food. Like, you know, you're just gonna either suck everybody dry, you know, turn them into a vampire you can and then, eat rats too. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't know. You're one person. People like to fuck. I don't the, know. The like, population ain't going anywhere. <laughs> you know, it's like Salem's Lot. Like, what? What were they going to do there? Like, the whole town's vampires. Then what? They have to go to, to a different town. Move to the next town. Yeah. Until somebody figures it out and stops you. Yeah, yeah I, don't I think know. it always happens. Okay, we haven't talked about Twilight. Um, no. <laughs> I'll talk about Twilight. <laughs> Sparkly vampires. Who? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of weird shit in that. Yeah, I saw I saw the first two and a half. I saw the first two with Rift Tracks. Oh, really? The second one was so boring. <laughs> I could not finish it with the Rift Tracks. That's crazy. And I was so obsessed with there's a prop. I can't remember if it's the first or the second. It's like a stuffed it's like a stuffed something skunk, otter or something on a shelf and it keeps disappearing in between cuts. Oh, like a continuity error. And I was so just like, because I was so fucking bored watching this movie, and it kept vanishing, and it was driving me nuts. I was like, where's the fucking otter at? <laughs> yeah, I've only saw, only saw the first one, so I uh, didn't give a shit about the others. But it's all, I mean, it's interesting, whether you like the movie or not, to see like, you know, something that starts with, you know, a ghoul that rises from the dead and it's basically a walking corpse that's gonna suck blood and right. it, it morphs into the Count Dracula and you know he's still a monster right you know as we as a culture kind of embrace this this mythic creature now it, it it slowly starts becoming you know now you have your group of vampires and they're cool and they right. hang out and now they're they're just people too, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a whole family of them. You know, I mean, yeah. it's it's weird how like it evolves through time. I mean, even you get into like the Underworld series and True Blood and all that. Yeah, I've always thought all that's interesting. Just yeah. to watch how like even werewolves good segue into another horror genre. <laughs> like even how like werewolves over, you know. He started out like you know Wolfman or you know somebody killed a bunch of people and oh I must have been a werewolf. And you know, you know, it grows into clans, and it's always interesting. I just... Yeah, yeah, and then like, like I said, that that's just expounding on like original ideas, like we said before, like uh, coming up with creative ways to to make it better or to, for the next generation. Uh, have you seen what we do? What what we do in the shadows? I have not seen it. Yeah. Anyways, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a mockumentary uh, vampire 
uh, modern. Can't think came out last year or the year before. It's got Reese Darby in it. He's the um, let's let me put it, him in your mind. Um, Flight of the Concords. Have you seen that? Yes. He's their manager. Yeah, the boss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Trying to think of something else he's in. Anyways, he's he's a really funny guy. It's it's a great uh, it, it's a great thing if you haven't seen it. We're werewolves, not swearwolves. Yeah, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> That that is good. Oh man, dude, we did a whole werewolf episode, and you know we went through like our our favorite werewolf films and all that stuff. But what's your favorite werewolf transformation? I think that's an that's an important question to ask. Hmm. I mean, of course, it's uh, American Werewolf in in London. It's a, it's a great one. Is 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 that it over over the Howling? Mm, and the Howling's good, and then Teen Wolf. Oh, I forgot about Teen Wolf. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if Teen Wolf really goes on that list. Does it? Does it really go on that list? <laughs> how do you, How do you beat watching Michael J. Fox's face bubble, then his ears grow? Yeah, and then him backing off, going, "Oh, oh Dad!" Oh yeah, yeah. And then also him like uh, him surfing on a on a van. I'll understand. Doing a, doing a handstand. I don't think so, Dad. Not this time. <laughs> no, I never, I never got bit by the uh, the teen the teen wolf bug there. No, that was that was not one of my childhood. Dude, you know if you uh, become you a werewolf, it. you could play the fuck out of basketball. No shit. Just saying. Yeah. No. I mean, and you you can fuck the lead actress in the school play. You're goddamn right, you can. I'm just saying, if I was a werewolf, I don't, you know, I don't know. Bowl like a motherfucker. Yeah, she's gonna have to get used to the dog breath, though. I'm just saying. Uh, uh, Wolf with Jack Nicholson. Oh, that's a good one, though. That's, that's a good, good one. one. I, I like the um, understated makeup there. They they leave, they leave it kind of simple, but it's totally yeah. effective. But it's nice because it's gradual too. It gets like more wolfy right. as he as he goes along throughout the movie, or werewolfy, whatever, whatever that adjective. I mean, I love how like how they incorporate it into his daily life. Marking, he just starts doing more wolfy kind of marking things. Marking my territory. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just, oh, yeah. He starts incorporating. Uh, his, his doggy traits starts peeing on James Spader. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, that that is a good one. Well, it's kind of tragic, you know. He gets Michelle Pfeiffer, and then yeah. he has to run off and be a wolf in the woods. No, <laughs> man, she got bit at the end. She's gonna, she's yeah, gonna, she's gonna, run gonna off join, and join him. him. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, you know. I, oh, she's, she's gotta go wait a couple weeks. Come on, man. It's, it's but she cool. ain't gonna look the same. Nope. She's gonna have that awesome wolf. Dude, ass. She's gonna be like Michelle Pfeiffer in a wolf form. I mean. You know, that's one sexy wolf. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, I mean, Jack Nicholson's a wolf, so I'm just saying. I'm so sure he's going to spend the rest of his wolf life going. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I remember what it was like when she was human. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If now we just that. just do doggy style. Because, <laughs> I mean, you don't have a lot of werewolf rape in movies, so it's not like, you know, that that side ever is, is present in any other films. I don't know. He was pretty. Pretty pretty sexually aggressive in that movie. Yeah, but that's when he was like, you know, he was transitioning. Why are we talking about this for so long? <laughs> this isn't the wolf cast. Oh my goodness, what is going on? Have you guys seen the show Being Hu- Being Human? Uh, no, I have not. It's about a vampire and a uh, werewolf and a ghost living together in a flat. It's a British uh, series, and they also did an American one. I totally like the British series better. I take it it's comedic. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There, there, there's there's some comedy to it, but there's also the the standard you know British TV drama. Well, I guess uh, guys, you want to go hit back up? I know we talked about The Exorcist there for a second, but um, supernatural movies we we kind of we kind of gloss over those sometimes <laughs> on the podcast quite a bit. Um, don't really touch on like the paranormal activities. Um, man, we have glossed over The Omen. I don't know how many times. 
And that is uh, that's a classic. Uh, you know, that's that's I guess it was on the tail end of the satanic wave. It's all for you, Damien. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's so creepy. It's very it, creepy. It was right there with the, the big trio of um, Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, and The Omen. Back when Satan was suddenly a new villain in horror films, The Omen was cool though because it had that like detective part of it. Right. Like, we've got to figure out what the hell's going on here. And that kid was like supremely creepy. This is just super badass. Oh man, dude, the music, man. Yeah. Like Jerry Goldsmith's score in that is oh my god, it's great. What was what was his mother? A jackal. <laughs> <laughs> oh that dude, the graveyard scene when when those fucking Rottweilers come out. Oh dude, that is oh that that gets under my skin. I was afraid of dogs for a little period of oh, time. Those big ass dogs. That. Oh, the movie yeah, is awesome. Like Gregory Peck is so like classic Hollywood in that movie, while everything else is like seventies. Oh, it's so good. Dave Warner gets the great decapitation by the uh, what is it like a pane of glass on the back of a truck? Yeah, <laughs> I love. I mean, I love how the, uh, the the photographer starts figuring out that if you take someone's picture, you can see sort of, oh, this person's in deep shit. Oh yeah, totally. Like uh, the, the guys that did uh, Final Destination watched the Omen were like, you know what? Does what? it do to the photo? Let's do. Let's just do this. There's like a mark. It shows you your death. So it'll show like. He sees the the noose on one lady, oh, okay. and then he sees okay. the I I remember. the sliding glass on the priest, That's right. and then he takes his own picture, and he's like, "I'm fucked." <laughs> you imagine developing that film? You're like, "Oh shit, here we go." Mm, I'm staying home today. <laughs> well, that was a good reason to like get him involved in the story, because you know Gregory Peck, like you know, it's maybe his son, maybe his adopted son. You know, well, I mean, the, the well, I guess he knows it's his adopted son. Yeah, he knows. His yeah. wife didn't know. And then, oh man, there's such great scenes. Like when they first try to take him to the church and he's just freaking out in the car. And then later his dad's got him. Gregory Peck's taking him in. He's going to kill him. And the the cops come in. Oh, dude, that's such a good scene. And you're just sitting there like, oh, did he get him? Did he get that little bastard? Did he get that little <laughs> satanic spawn? Did he? And the score. Oh, that chanting. Oh, yeah. No, the score is magnificent, man. So what did, what did y'all think of the the remake? It's not bad. It's okay. It messes like a lot of the 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 mark a little. I mean, when you're gonna remake something, I think you should remake it, like you know, but not give me the same exact story. Like, right. give me, you know, do something a little different. Even the kid a, looks almost exactly the same. Yeah, go into go into a, a part of the story that's different it. or something. I mean, I know I went and saw it, but I saw it once. And it's, I barely remember. Well, it's exactly like you said. It's it's pretty much the exact same film. Yeah, with different actors. Just right. without Gregory Peck and Richard Donner directing. Yeah. I forget who the director was. I believe Schreiber uh, took over the Gregory Peck uh, role, but he did a good job. I just I don't like it when they do those those remakes because they just feel really unnecessary. It's like the Psycho remake. Like, I don't why remake that movie shot for shot? What was the point? To modernize it so people will see it. I You know, I guess, but I don't know. If you're going to modernize it, like, do something... Different with it. It's still like, it was a movie that was made in 1960. It's still. Right. You ever seen Funny Games? Oh, yes. So yes. like the, the American version of that's pretty much shot for shot remake. Uh, you know what? But it's done I, by the same director. I've only seen the American one. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen the original. I think, I think that that is just to open it up to a different audience. Because the, the remake was the one with Naomi Watts, right? Yeah, and yeah, okay. um, uh, that guy, I can't remember his name. Anyways, yeah. It, that's a cool. It's a cool movie, and that that that's playing on. Uh, we're going to attack you in your home and make you completely. Uh, have you seen it, Jeremy? Once, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it's pretty much the exact same film. <laughs> I mean, well, which which one? I, I honestly, I think the I think the remake is better because I like the actors in it because I was relating to them. But uh, oh, okay. the other one, I had to like, I already knew them, so I don't know. I think that's that's my Americanisms coming out in it. But the and I, I saw I saw that one first, and then I went I found out that it was a remake, and we saw the original later. So I kind of got the bias on that. Speaking of popular like horror subgenres. Oh wait, you're ready to move on past supernatural yet? Well, this is going to include some supernatural. Okay, but it's a subgenre that includes some other stuff too. Because there is a title that we've got to get to at one point. It's but. called Supernatural, the TV series. <laughs> <laughs> what? You had Hannibal, Cannibal Holocaust. Okay. Yeah. And then you had the Blair Witch. Yeah. Okay. And from there, how many found footage movies have come out? Oh my gosh! Yeah, those VHS. And how many anthologies. of them have been good? Even George Romero did one. Yeah, the Diary of the Dead. Diary of the Dead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Sinister. The movie Sinister was greenlit because he went in and goes. It, he called it found footage, and they're like, "Oh, if this is going to be a found footage." Movie, yeah, that was let's a cool spin on found footage, though. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that the was. Studio was a little shocked when they saw it. They were like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, he was... said this was going to be a found footage movie. Yeah, it's about found footage. That don't. But that mean that led you know Blair Witch led to Paranormal Activity franchise Cloverfield, yeah Cloverfield did spin spin off of that, um, and there were a bunch like you know the Chernobyl Diaries. Um, what was that other one? As above, so below, or something like that. That wasn't too bad. I mean, I think I mean if you look at like Paranormal Activity and Blair Witch, that's another another way you've got indie horror directors being very creative with low budgets but yet still getting that punch in their movie. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, especially Blair Witch cuz that was like a that was a two punch not only bringing found footage to the United States in a, in, a, in a mainstream way, but using the internet. Oh yeah. As a way to market that found footage and like, "Oh, hey guys, look, this is real." And using like a new different format of form of media to convey that really just took like I remember everybody oh, talking I had about arguments this movie. with people. Like it's real, man. That's re- really happened. I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's on the movie. It says directed by. <laughs> Do you not see those grips right there? They're listed in the fucking credits. My God. But what an idea, though. To like, oh, it's a great. We're idea. gonna take these kids out and we're gonna scare the shit out of them and record what happens. Oh no, it's great. It's br- it brilliant, low budget filmmaking, man, it, and great marketing. There's so, some plot holes, but like, yeah, it, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's still good. I mean, it, even now, I mean, I loved it the first time I saw it in the theater. Wait, what are the plot holes? Where's the map? <laughs> you know what? I took that map and I fucking kicked it. I just kicked it right in the river. Come on, man. Like, just... I don't know. I've been around people in dire situations that start getting a little freaked out. They do stupid shit. That's not right. a plot hole though, because they tell you what happened to it. I don't know. I, I mean, it just kind of gets hokey. I'm sorry. I don't know. It's... I mean, I can see wanting to kill the motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. And not understanding why he did it. But I can honestly see somebody doing it. I'm okay with that in the horror genre, though. You know, that's, that's interesting. I'm okay with plot holes and, and characters doing kind of things that don't make sense. It's right. the one genre where I kind of I kind of want that to happen a little bit. I kind of want that person to go in that room and I'd be like, no, don't do that, you see, dumbass. In, in that movie, though, I can honestly see somebody that's like looking at the map and they don't... 
they can't tell where they're at, and they're frustrated, they're tired, they're hungry, crumbling it up and just kicking it off in the creek and being like, fuck it, this map is not worth a shit. Right. No, yeah. And then two hours later being like, God damn it, why'd I kick that map in the... At least she might know how to read it. Right. No, I mean, that is totally motivated by, like, a, you may not agree with the character motivation, but it is it is there. So, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I forgive, like, the horror genre. That It's the genre that I give a pass to. And I think a lot of times, too, we, we have to remember we're watching a movie from a situation of we're comfortable in our own room or in, our, in a theater. Yeah. The characters are reacting to something that they're supposed to be. You know, it's a life or death situation, and they're making quick decisions. Fight or flight, baby. So, you know, sometimes they may may, stu- may realistically make stupid decisions. Yeah. You know, the big-breasted blonde might actually really <laughs> run up the stairs instead oh, of out the front door. Oh, scream. What a great one. <laughs> so, I mean, after the success of Blair Witch, especially after the success of Paranormal Activity, we see a lot of found footage movies that came out. Oh, yeah, man. Paranormal Activity took over uh, Halloween from Saul there. Did. Have we have we seen like the one yet that like we're like yes that's that's as good as Blair Witch? Hmm. No, I haven't. I guess not. I mean, like they're all. It seems like they're all just remaking that. You know, as far as the the concept of it, so they I mean, take thought, it to the I next mean, level. With the Paranormal Activity ones, I thought they came close. I don't think it's as good. I think that second Paranormal Activity one is really good. I mean, I, I, those are the only other ones that really like. You know, watching them in the theater, I was kind of creeped out. Right. Take them home. Like, I always want to bust somebody's cherry if the movie, like, oh, you've got to watch this. And my wife's the first person I think of because I don't want to watch her get scared. <laughs> and, you know, like, especially that, that shot with the fan. Oh, that was great. That was, but, like, that totally just four. freaked her out. No, that was, that was the third one, I think. Third? Yeah, because yeah. the, the guy had the VHS camera. Yeah, yeah, and it was he had the, all the oscillating fan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, and, and you know, when you talk about the VHS movies, that one part, like that one little vampire type story with the oh uh, yes, I like you, I like you. They like, made they made that into a feature, did they? Yes. When's it coming out? Uh it's already out. I forget the name of it, but yeah, I like you. <laughs> yeah, I've I've totally forget what the. I'll make sure we put it in the show notes. Shoot, um, I want to see it. Like that looked awesome. Yeah. They, yeah, that was one totally of my short, favorite little short. I think it's out. I'll have to double check. I'll, I'll I'll definitely make sure we look into that and put it in the show notes. But I mean, you saw it, didn't you? No, I haven't seen it. Oh man, uh, it's these. It's uh, good. The premise is these guys have this like camera and some glasses. It's just a little short. They go to this bar and they're trying to pick up chicks to take back to this hotel room. They want to make a sex video. Yeah, right. And you know how it goes. They pick up this one chick that just keeps going. I like you. I like you. To the and, one weird nerdy guy. And he's the one wearing the glasses. Right. And they get back, and, like, the guy, one guy brought this other chick home. One dude's, like, chickless. But he's sort of the dick douche of the group. Right. Um. So the jock kind of guy and the nerdy guy are over with the I like you chick. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of down for it. But then when, like, douchebag starts coming over, she's like, nah, and starts hissing. <laughs> and the nerdy dude's like, I can't do this. And he goes in the bathroom, and then... Like, douchebag comes running in, and she's, like, bit his dick off or something. Oh, wow. And then they go back out and watch, and she's on top of this other guy and just, like, lifts him up and, like, falls. It's the most freaky-looking shit you've ever seen. Uh, it's like she turns into, like, this bat demon. Oh, it's fucked That's up. That's badass. 
I could have swore we showed it to you. No, that? I've never seen it. Who was that we showed that to? Uh, I think it was James Young. James Young, that's yeah. right. We showed him that, but yeah, and they the Blair Witch uh, guy's got a great um, a great segment in the second one where uh, a zombie uh, this guy, this guy riding a bike who has one of those like oh, yeah. <laughs> those GoPros on his his helmet he gets bitten by a zombie and he turns into a zombie and he, it's literally the whole movie is a zombie POV. Really? Yeah. yeah. And he, oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. He, he comes in and attacks like a little family picnic. They're having this little birthday party out at this park. And they, they find his GoPro and, and they... Sh- oh, yeah. No, he's he's going around like eating the little... The, the children. Oh, it's <laughs> great. It's like, zombie vision. Oh, yeah. And you'll see like intestines get pulled out. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, it's... Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. And the second one had this cult. Oh, the cult? Yeah. The cult one was pretty good. The second good. what? Uh, the second VHS. Oh, second VHS. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, there's... Three of them now? Uh, uh, yes. I have not seen the third one. V- VHS Viral? I watched it. There's not... It's not It's not that good? <clears throat> really? Guys, I mean, I thought the second one, overall, was better than the first one. Yeah, Viral's not as strong. I think it's a zombie one with some skateboard kids. It's pretty good. They go to this like empty facility type thing to ride their skateboards on the concrete. And there's these big containers... With something in them, and they open it up, and it's zombies that have been trapped into these containers, and they have to fight the zombies with their skateboards. That's what you get for snooping. All right, it's gonna have like a like a punk vibe to it. Yeah. All right, that sounds kind of cool. Kind of like a Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, they they've got you know they got GoPros and their skater kids, skaters versus zombies. So you got you know a lot skaters of versus zombies. I do. I could be I could be down for that. That's that, all right. That one was pretty good. Um. There's one. You're selling me on this, Benson. Oh, I mean, you're one not. Is, uh, you, you should watch it. Uh, there's one, man, where I don't even know how to describe it. This guy invents this, like, a portal to a different dimension. <laughs> and then the other version of him comes through. But the other version of... I mean, I can barely remember it. Uh, I'm probably going to mess it up. But it's very... Like, the sexual organs in the other dimension are monsters. Oh, dude, this sounds very, like, uh, from beyond or something like so that. So he's got, like, this dick that will eat the chick. And then the real him meets this chick on the other side, and her vagina eats. Oh, wow. Oh, it sounds very David Cronenberg. I love it already. Those are the two memorable ones. Are, are you guys, uh, I guess we haven't really talked to any, uh, any body horror. You guys into uh, any of the... Like a torture porn? Um, no, like... Um, more like like Videodrome or Scanners, The Brood, something invading your body or your body's getting changed. Uh, like Teeth. Have you seen that one? Yeah, exactly. There we go. That's a perfect <laughs> example. I have seen Teeth. I, I really love the be- that movie, man. The beginning. She bites the dick off and that then it is, shows yeah. like it just like drops out of her fucking As, it, it just doesn't go anywhere. But uh, like, I'll be honest, like, you know, hearing the concept for that, I was like, right. how do you make a movie on this? Right. But it's actually entertaining. While you, I mean, it keeps you at least entertained. Vagina dentata. Um, <laughs> or whatever the, the scientific... Did you say vagina dentata? Isn't that, isn't that what they... The, 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 the scientific name for it in that movie? Oh, I don't, I, man, I, I don't remember. I, I just remember, was. like... <laughs> I remember laughing at the... <laughs> that just cracks me up. When she's a virgin, it's a big deal, right, and she yeah. doesn't want to. And then she, you know, after she's had, I mean, dude, eventually she's like, okay, she can, fine. She can control it, and, you know. <laughs> Crunch. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. even takes it out on her stepbrother. The, the, end, the end of that is a little, 
it's a little yeah, but the beginning is man, the beginning is really good. I don't good know. Concept, I, bad execution. What is y'all's opinion of the of the word torture porn? Uh hostile. It, it mean, is that the only movie that you can think of that falls in Well, I mean everybody throws like Saul into torture porn. See, I would not put the first Saul in that category. I wouldn't put any of the Saul movies really in that it's kind of torturous, man. Uh, it is, but I mean, I don't know. But it's not tying you to a chair and bringing out a chainsaw after you. you it's know. Just, I, I, I think Saw 1 and Saw 3 escape torture porn. I think they're a little bit more figure out what's happening in the story. Right. I mean, there's some torturous scenes in it. But I mean, hell, if you watch Saw 1, it doesn't go as far as the pre- the sequels take it. I mean, you know, you look at Saw 1, like, a lot, I mean, he, a lot of the gadgets are something you can believe he'd build. There's not a right. room with, you know, hydraulic shifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? How did this dude build this shit? How did this old-ass motherfucking man with cancer who's dying take this shit all the way up the four flights of stairs? Or build I mean, this giant plexiglass room in the middle of a town square. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like they with people, nobody noticing. Nobody notices, right. but you unveil it, and oh, we're gonna watch these people die. It, I mean, if you watch Saw One, it, it's you know, it's at least it's simple little right. shit. You know? It's a warehouse, and the, you know he yeah, had he's time. Putting some, yeah, he threw some barbed wire yeah. in the room yeah. or some shit. Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, the one that always gets me though, like in Saw Two. There's, she has to reach up into the aquarium with oh, the razors. Yeah, and then when you pull your hands down, like the, the, the razors, the, the razors close on your wrist. Oh, oh my God. Or, or the pit full of uh, syringes. Oh, speaking of. I guess that is on, torture porn now that we're yeah. now that I'm thinking about it. I, guess I it said is. Saw 1 and 3 escape. You know, but I, but I don't I, I put them put, in there, though, because of the stories, man. I, th- I do think, like, they. They all have a good mystery, all have a good turn, and they keep me watching, whereas, like, you know, Hostel and all those, like, I do feel like those are... I felt like Hostel too. It's a slaw... It's a, it's a slasher formula, you know what I mean? With just more gore. I felt like slash, <laughs> like Hostel 2 had more of a story than Hostel 1. I agree with that, yeah, yeah. You, you know in Hostel it's, 1, where the guy get, walks up to the building and, and uh, he, he finally he gets up there and there's this warehouse and, and there's this Asian guy coming out? He's like, hey man, what's what's going on in there? And the guy says, you'll lose all your money in there. And he keeps walking out. Do you know yeah. who that is? No, that's a- I, I, I know, but I'm I can't remember. It's the Asian horror director Takeshi Mika. Yes. So it's like he's in there killing motherfuckers oh, for you fun. Could, you could sp- spend all your money in there. He's like he's like he's, like he's like he's like you'll spend all your money in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that scene when she's pulling in Saw Two and she's trying to pull that that always oh, makes dude, me yeah. cringe. Which, Which reminds did. me, have y'all seen Audition? Audition Gerald's game? Oh, yet. it's a great film. Uh, Gerald's game? No, I haven't. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen it yet. It's on Netflix. Have you watched it? Yeah, I have seen it. I have a love hate relationship with that director, man. Some of his stuff I love. Who, who did it? Uh, Mike Flanagan, right? I don't remember. It's Mike Flanagan. The guy that did uh, director did Hush and um, Oculus. And I forget, I forget his first movie, but I lo- I really love his first one. I haven't it's, seen I Hush yet. But apparently, you don't like it. No, I'm not a big fan of it, man. No. I liked it. Well, it's it's kind of a, like a remake of like uh, Wait Till Dark, but like Wait Till Dark had some really good moments. Well, she's blind in Wait Till Dark, and the girl in Hush is deaf. Um, Wait Till Dark is that used as a play, right? Uh, they may have made it into a play, but it was, it was a movie with like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Alan Arkin and who's the fucking famous actress from that? Uh, Audrey Hepburn. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Who's that? Yeah, that's Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've I actually seen the play Wait Until Dark. 
Yeah, it's dude. It's it's a really good movie. It's it's really tense still. Um, it's one I actually really I, I actually liked Hush a lot. It's on Netflix now, so I'm gonna watch it. They, man, they did. They made a lot of missteps, man. I I oh, it's a lot of missteps, man. A lot of missteps for me. I think you just sort of shut off as soon as he took the mask off. <laughs> well, no, I mean he just no he. There's so many awesome things you could do, a low-budget scenario, with the fact that, that she can't hear, and they really just never took advantage of it. I don't know. I thought they did a pretty good job with it. They, they did okay, but I, but I don't know. I think back to Gerald's game. Anyway, yeah. But how was it? I'm not going to say it's a great movie. It's, okay. it's entertaining. It's better than Hush? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Um, the whole thing <laughs> takes place in the bedroom? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. I mean... Well, it's got flashbacks, right? It does, um... If you've read the book, like, in the book, she starts having different characters. There's, like, little Miss Goodwife and a friend of hers from high college that, you know, she starts, starts talking going, in her head. She starts going then, crazy. And then she starts remembering an event that happened to her when she was 12. And it all kind of ties together into how she gets out. They do a great job of how she gets out of the handcuffs. If you don't cringe, there's something wrong with you. Oh, uh, it's a good moment. Oh, have you ever heard of degloving? Uh, oh my God, really? Oh yeah, <laughs> she Ooh. yanks. The, oh man, it. Because uh, I'd read the book and I knew that's how she did it in the book, and I kept oh going, "Are God. they going to do it? Are they going to do it?" And then when she breaks that glass and starts cutting her wrist, you're just like, "Oh fuck, they're going to do it." So it, it's it's on the level of 127 hours going through the arm. <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's a gross one. Oh, I think this is grosser. Cause, really? Because that one, like, like it shows you can see like that. the oh, tendons, yeah. and yeah. you can see like the tendons. Oh, that's and gnarly! It just pulls the skin mm. right off, and then she has to fold it back on. And, oh, she puts oh, it back on. Yeah. Oh, what Fuck a that. what a badass! No. Oh, like oh, <laughs> that's a badass. I watched it with my wife and my daughter, and you could just hear both of them go, oh, <laughs> oh, that's that's gnarly. All right, guys, look, uh, I feel really terrible. We have, you know, I don't know if we've ever brought up on the show, a filmmaking master, Vincent, you're a Stephen Thank King you. fan. Uh, I mean, we- <laughs> so, <laughs> you're, you're a Stephen King fan, so how have we never really brought up and talked in any length about The Shining from Mr. Stanley Kubrick? Really? Because you haven't ever let us. What? Well, that, the we, TV movie The Shining. Yeah, that's great. Oh right? my gosh! With uh, we can we, well, hold up. We, we we can we can wait for Mick, Mick Garris here in just a second. But it, it is a film we've waited to talk about on the podcast. Um, I need to reread the book. It, it may need to be its own episode because it's that hardcore of a film. We can still we can still include it in a Halloween yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah. What I mean, what do you what do, what do you guys think? I mean, like in terms of like supernatural films, I do. I do think this one did push that envelope, and you know, coming out in 1980, is like The Shining coming out. Is that one of the reasons that we got Freddy Krueger? You know, is we're hmm. getting from the slasher, we're pushing this into a, a, a different realm because almost slasher elements, but definitely supernatural. We're almost at Nightmare on Elm Street, but not quite with this one. This is it's a weird hybrid when you're talking about like the the pantheon of horror, and we're going through like how genres are created. Is 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 that really a horror? Is that would you? I would say that a lot. Of that's really suspense. 
really build up these really big suspenseful Dude, moments. Dude, look, no, the, the guy runs through the hotel at the end. He sees skeletons. The elevator lets blood. out blood at yeah, the okay, end. Yeah, you're right. That is not suspense. It's That's a guy a running around with an axe. Yeah, and That's ghosts horror. are telling him, hey, murder your fucking family. It's a horror film. Yeah, it's definitely a horror film. That, that's we're not debating that. Um, that's one of my favorites. It's an interesting one. I'm not. I, I'm kind of lost on how it connects to Nightmare on Elm Street. In the evolution of horror, this was like one of the first ones where, in America, where you had a slasher motif set with a supernatural element. Well, we you get plenty of this in the uh, Ital- uh, Italian giallo genre that we've talked about with Suspiria yeah. where where they've done that like ad nauseum. In America, this is like one of the first ones that I can think of that incorporated both of these elements. For me like what the the horror in the shining always was was you know going back to like you look at Halloween where we were talking about you're safe at home but the outside invader could come to your house where the shining says the outside invader could be one of your family members under the right circumstances. One of your family members could kill you. Do you trust dad (laughs) in the right house though? Right. (laughs) So you're, you're put into a situation where the kid is now being stalked by the one person that he always, you know, like his relationship to his dad is that's his daddy. Right. And now his daddy's chasing him with an axe. It's that deterioration of the family that always made it so horrific to me. Like that scene where Jack Nicholson, it, it sums it up perfect when Jack Nicholson's in bed and the little kid comes in and uh, comes sitting in daddy's lap. Oh, and he man, goes, you would, you would never hurt me or mommy, would you? No, <laughs> I would never hurt you at all. Or I'd never hurt a hair on your head or something. Yeah, I don't remember yeah, yeah. exactly what he says. You creepy ass motherfucker. You, you just like you can hear like that little kid. You just know that he's because he knows something's going on. Oh but yeah, he doesn't want to believe that his daddy he's would do that like a to psycho. him. <laughs> he's definitely looking like a psycho. Now, yeah, I personally am a huge fan of the movie and the book, and they're completely different. Yeah, in how they present the story. Um, Kubrick's version is a lot colder. King's version is a lot more about the deterioration and the alcoholism. I mean, basically, his book is about how alcoholism is killing Jack and causing Jack to cause problems with his family. And he's just using the hotel as a hocus-pocus way of bringing it about. And then we get the TV movie. Which is uh, which is that story? I'll, I'll be honest, I've only seen it once. I just rewatched it actually, not too terribly long ago. I didn't, I didn't really care. Hold for, up. Uh, yeah, no, not no. It's 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 not very good. That, Stephen Weber and uh, uh, Rebecca De Mornay do a really good job in it. Doesn't though. Stephen King say it's more uh, a faithful adaptation? Yeah, from what I from what I yeah, dude, he wrote the teleplay for it. I mean, I remember it being closer to what happens in the book. It just it's it's one of those situations. And, and you'll have to correct me because I don't remember. Like I said, I don't remember it very well. I just remember it being not made well. Oh no, dude! Super low budget. Yeah, no. It, oh no, they just spend like fucking time, like like going to the hotel, like driving in the car is like fucking fifteen minutes in the in the. Oh wow! Yeah, it, it's a three part miniseries, so it's like I don't know if I need The Shining for six hours. Yeah, I just remember being like... Kind of outstays his welcome. Do we really need 10, 15 minutes of exterior shots of the hotel? And yeah. The yeah, acting... a lot of that. 
the acting seems really like, okay, we got a usable take. Let's go to the next shot. It's Star Trek the motion picture. I got you. Um, <laughs> no, come on. That's not fair. That's Robert Wise, man. Come on. The great I mean, Robert Wise was amazing. I mean, personally, I would love to see a, a version of The Shining made as a theatrical movie closer to the book. Uh, like I said, I'm a huge fan of Kubrick's movie, but it is, it's so different than King's book that it's all other than there's this hotel called The Overlook that's haunted, and there's this dad who used to be a drunk that takes his wife and kid there and goes crazy and tries to kill him. Right. Yeah, other than that, there's really not that much. <laughs> is there a labyrinth in the, in the TV series? No, t- it's... Uh, Was that added? Animals. Uh, the he- the hedge, hedges. Hedge, hedge animals. Yeah, the hedges are cut into like all these different creatures, and they come alive. and looks stupid them. on the miniseries. Oh, my God. In the book, it really works. Like You really start like getting creeped out by these hedges. Dude, animals. it's it's like... Uh, picture like uh, 1993 like uh, Jurassic Park animation, but like instead of dinosaurs, they're chia pets. Yeah, right. You hear you hear that as they come around the corner. (laughs) I think one of the like even looking at the endings, like 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 I was saying, the the Kubrick's version is a lot colder, right? Where King's version is 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 kind of a warmer story, right? Even the endings, like in the ending of Kubrick's, he freezes to death. That's what I was saying. And in King's, he explodes in fire. Oh wow. At the end of you know King's story, some bo- boiler, he, right? Yeah, he, there's a he has to he has to dump the boiler every every day at least once a day, and once he the hotel gets a hold of Jack, he forgets to dump the boiler. Oh wow! And he get it get in the book it gets all the way down to the point where he's got Danny. He doesn't have an axe; he's got a croquet mallet, and he gets Danny cornered in this corner of the hallway, and he's about to kill him. You know, Danny tells the hotel by that point in the book, it's referring to Jack as it. Right. Um, Danny tells it that you forgot something. You forgot something. And my daddy knows what it is. And at that moment, Jack's able to, like, take back over his body and say, run, Danny. And then the hotel's like, no, he starts, like, smashing Jack's face in. and, And there's the race for Danny to get out before the hotel blows up. Wow. Got the shot. Got the shinning. I can remember even as a, like, you know, even, because I saw The Shining when I was really, really young. Uh, and it even, like, my dad lied to me and told me that he made that story up because he would tell us that story. Like, <laughs> we, we would have campfires and, like, he would tell the story of The Shining. Oh, that's awesome. And I remember asking him, like, did you make that up? And he's like, oh, yeah, I made it up. And then we were watching watching the movie one night, and I looked over at him. I was like, you didn't make this up. And he goes, no, nah, you'll believe anything. Well, guys, um, I think we're almost at the end here. Do you guys want to go through and uh, and see what uh, IF, AFI, sorry, what their list of 100, what was it, 100 greatest thrills? Uh, Does that mean scenes? No, it was, uh, it was the 100 greatest, I guess, thrillers. Oh, thrillers, okay. Yes, they called it thrills. But um, anyway. the one hundred greatest thrills. <laughs> oh, told me do it totally. Didn't even break up Jaws. Oh, dude, yeah. You talk about a movie that changed a horror movie, and it is a horror movie. You know who I'm talking to? <laughs> <laughs> Supernatural, yes, it is. right? Yeah, they called it AFI's hundred hundred years hundred thrills. That's what it is. Oh, look at number two. There you go. So. All right, so yeah, number one. Number one is Psycho. Number two is Jaws. Jaws. 
So that, you know, that's good. Uh, Exorcist is three, and here's where we get a little get a little weird here. Uh, four is North by Northwest, which that's interesting. Yeah, it's a Cary Grant uh, spy thriller with a little bit of comedy thrown in. There's some thrills in that There's movie. Some thrills, thrills and chills. Yeah, I don't know if I'd really, you know, I don't know. It's a, obviously this is not a lot of horror. Uh, number five is Silence of the Lambs, a major motion picture, by the way. Uh, oh man, look at that! You're just reading my teaser poster. Over I know there. it's really weird. I love how it says a major motion picture <laughs> instead of a minor well, motion yeah. picture, <laughs> dude. It's so you don't confuse it with the book, okay? Okay, oh, there you go. <laughs> number six is Alien. Oh yeah, totally. That's right. Horror in space. Right, we didn't we yeah. didn't really touch a lot on the on the horror sci fi here on this, but I guess we cover that a lot. I uh, dude, it's totally a horror film. Uh, number seven is The Birds, the other Alfred Hitchcock movie. Dude, we do not, we've never even mentioned that film, and that is a masterpiece, dude, of horror. That is a really good film. That's one of those movies. Every time I put it in and watch it, I'm like, God damn, I forget how good this is. Also, Rope is another uh, hardcore. You guys seen that one? Oh yeah, yeah, dude, that is good. Yeah, is kinda. that that's the one where he? I saw an interview with him. He was talking about he wanted to show how hard it is to actually kill a person. <laughs> <laughs> choking, a, him, choking him out. <laughs> Hitch was a weird dude, man. Love, love the guy. Brilliant, but uh, so do y'all, yeah. do y'all have like if we're gonna close out pretty soon? What are your like standard go to Halloween movies? It's, prob- it, it's week of Halloween. You're going to watch some scary movies. Which ones are the ones you know you're going to pull out? With the family, we watch Hocus Pocus. That's kind of the standard. It's not scary, but it's a fun Halloween film. Hey. Oh, really? Hey, yeah. hey I've got a family okay, now. Man. We've got goosebumps on the list. Yeah. <laughs> really? you got to watch Halloween. Goosebumps? Yeah. I'm, you know, yeah, we, I, with the kids, we always watch uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, Nightmare for Christmas. That's also a That's the one. one we watch with the kids. And when the kids go to bed, it's uh, it's always John Carpenter's Halloween. Yes. Is the one that will be played always and watched from start to finish. Everything else changes, man. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, what, what are you in the mood for after Halloween? Remember we did the Friday the 13th marathon? Oh, Those yeah. Those are fun. Yeah, because they get really hokey and ridiculous. Oh, yeah, dude. We, as you, they go on. you got to do those. But, you know, I don't know. Every year, I last like, year I, like I watched Trick or Treat. I thought that was a good Halloween movie. Oh, dude, no, that's a great one. Yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. That's that's one of my favorite anthology horror films. Well, I yeah. love how it all fits together. Yeah, like it's one. Like I've always, if I always was going to do an anthology, I always wanted to do it like where it's one city, and these are some stories that are happening inside of that city. Um, I thought I thought that was a really cool. And they, they all nicely tied together, and it gave you a little bit of something of of each one, man. You know, like you got a little, you got a little monster, you got a little killer, you got a little ghost, supernatural yeah. story, you got a little little bit of subgenre for everybody. And that werewolf transformation, dude, was fuck, that was brilliant, dude. Oh yeah, that was a that was a good callback of something we hadn't seen in a long time, like actually ripping your skin off. Oh, oh yeah. In the company of where? In the company of wolves. Yeah, right, dude. I was Grabbing rewatching the mouth and just ripping it open. Yeah, I was rewatching uh, Van Helsing. You know that uh, one with Hugh Jackman. Yeah, not a very good movie. But you rewatched that? Yes, <laughs> yes, I did. Well, I, my kids had never seen it, and we were. That's you know, good. Don't fuck them up. Well, they were <laughs> they were watching all the Universal horror movies. Anyway, they saw that on the shelf, so we pulled it out. In that movie, they they totally rip it off. They do a really weird PG thirteen version of that. Yeah. It doesn't even look like skin; it looks like band aids. 
it looks like putty skin they're throwing off, I suppose. You know what I mean? Right. So there's no like there's no flesh, there's no bone, there's you know, there's none of the gore there. I always but, thought that was a cool like I you know, in, in werewolf mythology you always hear about like the the beast within and then, you know, in company with wolves, it's literally like you rip off the outside of yourself and the beast within comes out. That's awesome. Oh, Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Oh, they literally like grab both of the bottom and top of their mouth and just rip open their face. And oh, the that's wolf, crazy. The wolf head comes out. It is really so awesome. The, did they turn back into, or are they once they become the wolf, they are the wolf? I don't know. You never see you never see them retransform into human. I think they always die after they. Okay. I, I, mean, I haven't seen it, seen it for so long. That's the scene that sticks in my head. Wow. Yeah, I think they always die in wolf form, like pretty much after they after they transform. But uh, Jared. What do you? What do you? What do you well, would you films? say that Beetlejuice is a is a Halloween worthy film? Yeah, no, that's totally ha- Halloween worthy. It's showtime! It's showtime! I mean, I mean, <laughs> I keep hearing we're gonna get a sequel, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That that's very similar to Hocus Pocus, though. I mean, like, I mean, do you have like a what, what's your what's your horror horror? Like I said, film? we watch Halloween and we watch um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, big big Freddy fan. Uh, I remember uh, uh, being a kid and taking uh, plastic butter knives and <laughs> taping them to like a like a glove. My mom getting very angry at me. <laughs> You're gonna hurt somebody with that. But yeah, running around. I was always from, I like bet she, I bet she was. from the like just visually from the first time oh, yeah. I ever saw that. Like I was like that is. I was just fascinated with it. Oh, dude, it, it's 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 ultimately creepy and just that, and that just, leather flap with the yeah. the. The hinges and then the knives. It's like, man, I, that is fucking weird. Did you answer the question for yourself? What's your Halloween films? Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, really, it's just John Carpenter's Halloween. I don't. Outside of that, I mean, fill in as 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 the mood requires. Critters, Phantasm. You know, maybe I try to mix it up. You yeah. know, if you, if you're gonna do Critters, I feel like you always have to do Critters to the main course. Yes. Because that's to. where the real talent is. That's Mick Garris's best movie. I think tonight we're going to... I mean, not tonight. This year we're going to watch uh, Lights Out, because I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I haven't seen it Oh, man, um, that's good. That terrified the shit out of my nine-year-old. Really? We're going to watch... Um, Probably should not have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Bad parenting on my part. Uh, In line to watch Sinister 2. I haven't seen that one yet. I haven't either. Uh, I've heard it's terrible, but my daughter bought it, so it's not bad. It's not. It's, it's not as bad as you've heard. I watched the trailer and I was like, ugh. But you know. And my son wants to watch. Uh, it's no sinister. Friday the Thirteenth, one through three. So I'll be watching that. Oh, okay. Those are solid. Those are worth watching. Um, yeah. Last year we watched Nightmare on Elm Street one and three. You skipped two. We just skipped two. I like. I just pretended like it didn't happen. Well, two is so bizarre. It doesn't make a lot of sense in the. Freddy mythology. No, um, it's like why is this? Why is Freddy possessing this one guy, and why is he no longer on Elm Street? And it's even weird to like watch the making of because they're happening? constantly talking about like it's very gay. It's movie. very gay. Yeah, they're saying it's very. This is very like, gay. Hmm. And the guy was yeah, like, I didn't is. know that when you're making it, but now I'm gonna look at it. This is very gay. And he's like, he wants inside of me. <laughs> that is weird that the director is very like. No, I didn't. I didn't see that there was a homosexual message in there. And then you talk to the screenwriter, and he's like, "Oh, I totally put it in there." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is super gay, by the way. <laughs> Dude, how, how did you not notice this making the movie? Uh, I don't know. Oh no, no, no! I was just saying before we split, can you finish the top ten of the uh, uh, AFI's hundred 
Oh, did we know? Did we? Did we no, know we stopped yet? at the birds. Oh, sorry. Uh, number eight is the French Connection, which is definitely no way in shape and form. Interesting a horror movie. Uh, great film, though. Uh, also by William Freakin, who Exorcist. Uh, yes, uh, William Freakin did have one of the best runs ever in cinema. He had The French Connection, The Exorcist, and Sorcerer. Which, if you have not seen those three films, that, that's 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 one of the greatest runs of any director in the history of cinema. It's so good. What was the third one? Sorcerer. I haven't seen that one. Oh my god! It's uh, it's a remake of uh, Wages of Fear, the French film, okay. where they're transporting um, a nitroglycerin uh, via trucks. Okay. And they're always worried about it like blowing up. They hit a bump too hard, and it's it's like old nitroglycerin. So it's super volatile. Exactly. It's a good movie. It's very suspenseful. Yeah, William Freakin, amazing director. Uh, number nine. nine is Rosemary's Baby, and number 10 is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Interesting. <laughs> which is not a horror film either, but no, it, number number is The Godfather. You know what I mean? All right, I've pulled up... <clears throat> I have pulled up the list of the scariest movies of all time. Okay. Let's, let's wrap top up. top 10 scariest all right, films so of according all time. to top10.com, the top 10, 10 scariest movies of all time, number one is The Exorcist. Okay. Wait, wait who is this from? Top10.com? Yeah. All right, number, number two is The Shining. Okay. Number three is Nightmare on Elm Street. These are fan-voted. Number four, Halloween... Five, Friday the 13th. Six, The Conjuring. Seven, The Grudge. Eight, The Ring. Oh, wow. What? Nine, It. Ten, Saw. You would put the fucking grudge above the ring? That is bullshit. Uh, the now, ring was the very first film I ever saw in the theater where motherfuckers were coming out of their seats freaking the fuck out. Dude, the ring was like, that That was a great remake. Gore Verbinski's yeah. The Ring was great. I, I agree with you. I remember that. Especially when she starts coming out of that TV. And when she comes out of that TV, everybody was coming out of their seats, dude. It was ridiculous. You saw now, that water hitting her from her I, IGN list that I Her hair to the floor. Oh, my God, these are some great movies that we have not mentioned. Throw them on me. There's Cabin in the Woods. Oh, I was thinking about it. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, yeah, it's all oh, right. Come on, man. Being no, a low-budge I mean, horror film. It is, but okay, look. I have a little bit of problem with Cabin in the Woods because it, it just it makes, it makes fun of but doesn't show the love that Scream does. Like, If you're going to make fun of my genre, don't tear it apart completely by the seams. And then not have fun with it. Like the fun it had was only at the expense of the genre, and then also like character fun. But like Scream, I love because like pokes fun at the genre while also still respecting it. Whereas well, Cabin in the Woods, filmmaker. Eli Roth was Cabin in the Woods, right? No, no, no. who did no. that? One? That's Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever. Okay, who did Cabin in the Woods? Uh, that was um, Josh Whedon and them. No, it's uh, he, he wrote it. Yeah, um, I don't remember who directed that, that is a cool spin. It to was it. the guy that wrote um, the the Martian, uh, Drew Goddard. Really, next yeah. on this list, we're gonna move down a couple and we're going to 22 The Babadook. We did not mention, oh, yeah, 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 that was I'm a not good a one. I'm a fan of that one. Either. I love that one. I like that one a lot. I like let that one. the right one in, dude. We didn't bring that up. Yes, that was uh, also how we, great. How do we not bring that up in dude, the vampire fuck section? Yeah, Which dude. I personally fuck love the remake, let. Let me in. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't Reeves, seen the remake yet. I've which I actually think is a better one. American Werewolf in London. Oh, dude, you are yeah. not leaving here without borrowing. Let I will me totally in. borrow it. You, you, yes. 1978's Dawn of the Dead came in at number 17. Yep. 
1986, The Fly. Oh, dude, yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, we've done a whole podcast on that one. That is a Cronenberg classic. I, I now, how can you, how can we have made it through this whole podcast without mentioning number thirteen on IGN's list, Poltergeist? Oh yeah, hell yeah, oh yeah, I love well, that movie. Well, yeah, I mean, we haven't, you know, we're terrible at the supernatural stuff. We haven't even mentioned the haunting by Robert Wise. We didn't mention number twelve, John Carpenter's The Thing. Well, we've done a whole podcast on that one. Too. Yeah, but we didn't mention it on our Halloween special. <laughs> <laughs> Number I mean, look, 11 is John Carpenter's Halloween. I mean, John Carpenter does so many great ones. I mean, look, Prince of Darkness is a unsung hero. In the Mouth of Madness is another great one. The Fog. We're into the power Christine. 10. Number 10, Night of the Living Dead. Jaws, number three. Number three. Number two is Psycho. All right, what's the fuck? And one? number one. And at number one... You guessed it. The Exorcist. Hocus Pocus. (laughs) 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 Bette Midler did a really great job. Is it really Hocus Pocus? No, it's The Exorcist. Obviously. The scariest movie of all time. Which I still, I would still say it's probably the scariest movie. Would you? Yeah. Uh, you know, it is for me, but I, you know, I think I feel like that's just like upbringing and and what I've been exposed to. For my, is it still? I still think because, dude, I like, saw even, the director's cut and people were laughing at this motherfucker in the theater, and I got pissed. Well, I think I people, I think people laugh at movies in theaters when because we went to see it with a crowded theater late at night one night, right? And yeah, they did a lot of laughing at it, but it wasn't until it started getting creepy. That they started laughing, dude. And that's the reaction think, to fear. I think, yeah, I think when it starts really kind of getting to people, that's when they feel the need to make fun of it, dude. During the Exorcist, I saw this when it was the director's cut was released. I think it was like uh, 2002, uh, if memory serves correct. The version you've never seen. That's right. And man, I swear to God, there was this guy. Right after that scene when, you know, she masturbates with the crucifix. Let Jesus fuck you. Oh, yes, dude. The entire movie, he was laughing his ass off and goes, oh, lick me, bitch. Ah. <laughs> lick me. Lick me. <laughs> See? And, dude, like. That, that scene got to him. Dude, like, in, in, in the exorcism scene, I was sitting there watching it, and all of a sudden I heard, Lick me, bitch. Lick me. And he's just over there chuckling to himself. I'm like, your cunting you. daughter. Do you know what she's done? I'm telling you that that scene got to him. Like, it bothered it. him. <laughs> so he couldn't. He couldn't let it go. He had to make fun of it to make himself feel better. I, I guarantee I, you. Dude, I hope so. What I think. The reason I think The Exorcist is still the scariest movie ever made. I will tell you. Like I showed this movie to my daughter, and she's already seen The Exorcism of Emily Rose. When she finished watching The Exorcist, she said, I think Exorcism of Emily Rose is scarier. But yet. What? Blasphemy. But yet. Yeah, no, no she has not come up to me and said, oh man, I was just thinking about how creepy that scene is in Exorcism of Emily Rose where this happened. But she has come up and went, oh, that scene where she just goes, where that drawer shuts and he goes, did you do that? And she goes, uh-huh. Oh, that just creeps uh-huh. me out. The Exorcist sticks with you. Yeah, I can quote lines from The Exorcist. Oh, dude, totally. I can't quote a single fucking moment from Exorcism. You, you're going to die up there. I love that. I can. 
One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, one, two, you're three, right. Four, five, yeah. yeah, but you're counting. That doesn't count. It's, it's a quotable scene. It is. It's a memorable, it's a memorable scene from that. I don't, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about. All I remember about that film is that the chick from Dexter's in it and Tom Wilkerson. You should rewatch it. It's pretty good. And, I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it in about five or six years. Well, both of you should watch The Exorcism, uh, the Exorcist TV series. I'm telling you, Gina Davis just delivering. I love Gina as, Davis, as man. I, I just don't know about an Exorcist TV show. To I me, have, that I just sounds heard, terrible. I have heard this is really good. Go into it expecting nothing, and you will be pleasantly surprised. I, it's going to be amazing. I'm expecting nothing. So yeah, yeah. I got a random yeah. phone call one day from a friend of mine in L.A. Have you seen the Exorcist TV series yet? Stop what you're doing and watch it now. It you is, really should. It is fucking good. Like, I thought it was going to suck. It is actually really good. It was totally Pat Cox, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I was gonna they, they do a really not, cool twist. That, that, that I try like, not totally. to give names here. <laughs> well, no, we can, I, I think we can We can uh, promote Pat Cox. Uh, he, he's looking like he was, he's wanting some Twitter love here recently. Uh, tweeting at Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and other such people. Uh, it is always we've cool had him when, on the show, so it always you know. cool on Twitter when like one of your favorite authors tweets with you, and you're like, "Oh, holy shit!" Peter Straub just tweeted at me. Yeah, I don't know. Tweets don't feel real to me, or like they have any kind of like. I don't really understand them. Att- <laughs> attachment. It's just like, oh, it's it's kind of like I'm talking to you, but not. Hey man, at the same time. I've gotten I've gotten some nods from Kevin Smith. I've gotten some nods from the woman who does the Siri voice. <laughs> oh no, no, yeah, the, the chick that does the Siri voice is like all over Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, totally I've had some to like, oh yeah, no, straight out cool conversations with yeah. like other directors and all kinds of people on Twitter. But I'm getting more love on Instagram feels, these it, days. I just like like I'm never on it. Like I don't think about getting on, and right, it's like okay, so. What are you doing right now? I'm sitting at my computer. <laughs> I have a special disdain for Twitter because every every time I see somebody use Twitter, it's when I'm in a fucking theater and I'm I'm trying to watch a movie. It oh, because they're live ir- tweeting the the movie. It fucking irritates the living shit out of me, dude. I I, I kind of hate Twitter for that. I'm That's sorry. a thing, like live tweeting films. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's terrible. Like like talking about the scenes while while you're watching it. I don't. It should I don't, be illegal. It should be because if I I hate when someone in front of you is on their phone because that's all like, it's drawing my attention like a fucking moth. I'm just like looking at the glowing light. Like, ooh, someone's on their phone. Be, speaking of of things we should not do in in the horror genre, I do want to bring up the issue of piracy in re, in, in regards to the horror genre, especially here recently because it's affected um, two filmmakers. You know what? I would say it, it hasn't only affected two filmmakers. It's affected us fans because The Cult of Chucky got leaked before it was even debuted. Oh, wow. The same day it was coming out on Blu-ray and Video on Demand, it was coming on out on Netflix. No so shit. you could have watched it for free anyway. Yeah, right? And these people were stealing it and posting all these reviews on Twitter. That shit drove me in absolutely insane, and I felt so sorry for the director because he's on Twitter just being like, "No, dude, just come on, you can watch it on Netflix, bro. Come in, come in, come Please. on, yeah. man. Let me at like, least get some some credit for it." You like, know, looking at the Twitter posts for some of these people, they don't realize that they are killing what they love. They don't realize that them stealing this this Chucky movie because they're so excited. 
the movie's not making money, so they're right. not going to so, get another one. So you're not getting another Chucky movie. Right. Yeah. You're fucking yourself on this. You're you're not getting your sequel. You know? And then Adam Green came out. Uh, he did uh, Digging the Marrow. Everybody wants a sequel for that. We want, like, these crazy gremlin monsters to come attack somebody else. But, look, man, so many people stole the first movie. He came out in an interview and just straight up said, look, it's not financially feasible to do a second one. That's crazy. Right. Can't, there's, there's no way to make the money. Well, I mean, even... So many people stole the first movie that the first movie is it hasn't turned a profit yet. Yeah. Is that the same reason why the new Hellraiser hasn't come out yet? Which we didn't bring up Hellraiser at all, which is another great horror film. I mean, I had the same thing happen with Live Animals. That, it, that's true. When it came out, like, and it was like a month before the, maybe a little less than, maybe a week or two before the um, DVD came out nationwide. Yeah, I, it, I remember that. It leaked online. You could it? Oh, one yeah. Of the, one of crazy. the sites counted. Like, it ended up being, like, right next to, you know, because they were bragging, like, here are our top ten downloaded films expendables live animals and we're like motherfucker uh like our imdb score shot up to like a in the star meter we get up to like 154 or something we're like holy shit i remember this the the, one of the first times i met you i was asking you like how do you even combat that and you were just like all we can do all we (laughs) can do is send send letters to lawyers and say hey can you make and you know they'll tell them cease and desist and they'll move it off of this site and put it onto another one man and we calculated we we could have easily moved from live animals to something a lot more meaty budget wise if everybody that had downloaded it just on that one site had bought it for three dollars online this is what it was selling for online. Three dollars. Wow. They'd have paid three dollars for it. That movie would have made like one point eight million dollars just online. We don't get all of that, <laughs> but it would have the movie would have made money. So at that point, we could have made something a little bit more meaty. Instead, we yeah. we didn't. I'm a, I'm a fan of film first. I'm a filmmaker second. So it makes me really mad when I don't get to see stories that I really love continued. The bottom line goes right back to like what you were talking about with Chucky. Like, you can have as many Chucky ideas as you want, but if the guys that own the rights to the Chucky movies put out a Chucky movie and they only make this much money on it, then they're either going to lower the budget for the next one or they're just not going to do it because they're going to say it's financially not worth it. We're eating our own here, and it's not cool, and we need to stop it. You can still go watch Girl in Woods on all of the VH, the VOD sites, and probably the Torrent sites, and... <laughs> Fuck, no, you don't watch it at Torrent. Fuck that, man. What are you talking... No, you go you go to you go to iTunes. I have it's, noticed that... It's on uh, Amazon. You can go, you go right there. The first wave of people that I pissed off that went to Amazon to give it bad reviews is kind of starting to go away, and now we're getting... Yeah, we're getting... We're actually getting some really good reviews on Amazon now. I saw that. Made me a little happy. <laughs> yeah, you know, some people are, you know, finding was, out about it. One day on the podcast, I mentioned people that go on and just give movies bad reviews. And right. Like, like, keep your bitch into yourself. Within, like, a week... Amazon was like flooded. Flooded with all these people trolling. This movie fucking sucks. Ah, man. I was like, ah, I shot myself in the foot. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, I, th- I think we're done here. Um, it has been a, a, a wonderful Halloween to spend with you guys. Uh, Benson, 
Uh, why, don't, why don't you tell our listeners where they can follow you, sir? On the Twitter thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at J. Edward Benson on the Twitter thinger. And y'all have a happy Halloween. All right, Jared, where can they follow you, sir? You can follow me on Twitter at Jared B. Callen on See Instagram at Check the Gate. That. It makes me and, so uh, <laughs> And one of my other podcasts, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark and Don't Be Afraid of the Dark.net. Dude, I, I have to say, I actually listened to your um your um was it, was it your newest episode. It was the one before that where you guys were talking about the IMAX. Yes. That was coming here to Memphis. Yes. Blew my mind when you guys said it was gonna it was gonna actually show Justice League. Justice League, League yes. And I, dude, I thought that thing was opening with Force Awakens. No, uh, yeah. See, I, I, I was going off of you saying that, so I was all like, "Yeah, but I thought they're going to open with Force Awakens." And Josh is like, "No, it's going to be Justice League." So, yeah, is it really? So it'll still have that new IMAX smell uh, when we watch Force Awakens, but we're probably going to see Justice League on there too. You know, I'm just not really excited about Justice League. That's just, you know, I guess that's why I haven't really been paying attention to that. I totally keep forgetting that movie's even coming out. I think, <laughs> I, I think most people do. Except for, except for Josh Wheaton. Is that not, like, strange? Like, it's this huge movie that's coming out. Right. That, I'm a big Superman fan. Totally just keep forgetting it's coming out. We're just so inundated with with superhero movies, we just don't give a fuck. Wait, wait, there's a horror super film, a super, like a, a horror X-Men. It's called what? Mutants. I've always wanted to do a horror superhero movie. I, I think it is. Uh, I think Josh was just telling me that uh, that there's a, a horror film at X Men. I think it's called Mutants. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With the X Men, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's so, gonna be a TV show. Yeah, I'm not. I, well, I haven't seen. It. I've seen the ads for it. Sorry. All right, guys, and I do a terrible job of pointing out and reminding you guys, but we do have a. Google voicemail number that you guys can call and leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. And the voicemail number is 323-539-8661. That's 323-539-8661. You guys can leave us a message there. And please give us a five-star ratings or any rating uh, and review on iTunes and Stitcher. We would uh, surely appreciate that. You guys can f- find our uh, film, Jeremy and Benson and I did uh, Girl in Woods. It's on iTunes, Vudu, anywhere you get your VOD content. All of your legal download. <laughs> <laughs> All of your legally downloaded movie. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I'm really glad we stressed that point here. <laughs> We're turning into fucking Metallica over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, come on, fucking shit, dude. That 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 fucking College of Art is closing down, dude. We got yeah. we got to protect these artists, man, in in any way, shape, and form we can. I mean, like fucking pay for your art. It's a it's cheap. Fucking pay for your art. All right. Uh, so I think we should uh close uh close out the show tonight with a little bit of John Carpenter's score. Um, from Halloween because recently John Carpenter did a remix um, for the Halloween score. It's on John Carpenter's anthology uh, soundtrack that – or not soundtrack, but whatever, the disc that he came out. It's a compilation of the the great movie soundtracks that John Carpenter's done, um, and this is the reinterpretation of Halloween. Dubstep Enjoy. style. Sorry. Dubstep? No, it's not dubstep. You're about to Come drop on, the man. beat. No. <laughs> Break that's, it down. That's the one that Trent Reznor did. God, that was shit. Did you guys he, hear that? No, he did. He, he remixed Halloween. Oh, dude, he did. And he put like a bunch of weird like 
sound making industrial metal oh, Halloween. No, no, it's it's it it just sounds like like it's, it sounds what I picture Snowfall to sound like. Interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? That should have been at the end of the new Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're out. <laughs>